Today on the Business Builders Podcast, we're discussing the evolution of the elevator pitch and how to apply yours in a practical networking environment. Ron talks about focusing on building relationships with your pitches rather than being salesy, and I talk about the advantage of learning about what other people do rather than talking about yourself. Well, welcome to the 12th episode of the Business Builders Podcast. We are your hosts. I am Brenton Gowland. And I'm Ron Tomlin. One day we got to swap that around just for fun time. Uh, Ron, <laughs> I just about called you the wrong name right off the bat. <laughs> well, I, I, yeah, I'm, I don't think I'd answer to Brenton all that well, so. No, sometimes I don't answer to Brenton either. So how have things been with the clients you've been working with recently? Because as we know, we're, we've been in this COVID environment for a while and lots has been going on. And uh, obviously, our listeners are all in the thick of working out whether they're going to be in lockdown or they're going to be able to come out of lockdown, whether restrictions are going to be there, whether they're not going to be there. How are you finding things with clients at the moment, Ron? Well, the, the, the most uh, obvious answer is it depends. It depends on the industry. But in general, I think I'm seeing some optimism and mm. more than just optimism, people are actually starting to do things. So there's activity happening in organizations. I'm doing more strategic planning work with organizations they have in, in years, quite frankly. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, there are more people getting out and participating in networking that I've seen in years. True. So I don't think you can say that things are slowing down. I think quite the opposite. I think people are starting to see light at the end of the tunnel, mm. or at least believing in it. I mm. think there are some caveats to that. Depends on the vaccine rollout and so on. Yes. But in general, I'm seeing a lot more or feeling a lot more optimism from people than I have in quite some time. Yes. And it's interesting that you talk about the networking events because they've been an off and on feast of late. And obviously, we had our last Business Builders event last week, which was fantastic to see people out after a little bit of a hiatus, not knowing whether we were going to be on or off with lockdowns and so forth. So that kind of brings us to our topic for today talking about elevator pitches because it's time to start thinking about that again because we're getting out and meeting people face-to-face again. And people need to be prepared. I mean, if we're talking about building business, you have to be prepared to talk about your business. But I think that's an interesting topic in general Mm. because I'm not a great fan of the traditional approach to elevator pitches or the traditional thinking about elevator pitches, which is very salesy. I I have a different view. I, I think if you're going to talk to people about your business, you need to capture their attention and get permission to talk more about it. I agree 100%. And, uh, and it's about standing a relationship rather than selling a concept. I couldn't agree more. And the fact is that you know when you go and you meet people who are just trying to get a sale right from the get-go, it doesn't engender wanting to continue talking to that person because as we've talked about many times, we get bombarded every day with sales messages and that's just you know, another version of that when people kind of hit you up for this is what I do, da-da-da-da, and then they're expecting some sort of you know response about what they do in terms of can we work together right from the start. It's not a good start to a relationship and a relationship leads to work. Yeah, and I think, let's be fair, we all do it. We become very good by necessity at blocking out messages. Correct. Selective attention. We've also, uh, in business, we've also become quite good at not being sold to or feeling that we're being sold to. And so I think executives, business leaders in general have a good BS meter Uh when it comes to people trying to sell them something. So don't try and sell. And that's interesting because I think if what you're saying is correct, and it is, I believe, we develop mechanisms of how to 
end those conversations and move on in a very polite manner. There's several different ways I've seen it done from saying yes, 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 and just trying to find a way to end the conversation to actually having a method of you know shutting that conversation down and changing the subject. And when those kind of things happen, the opportunity to actually build a relationship often goes with that change of subject. Yeah, I, I've always found, I think I hear my mother calling to be effective, but not very subtle. Yeah, oh, I just got to speak to someone over there. Anyway, so maybe we should start today with talking about what an elevator pitch is. But before we do that, we need to talk about our sponsors, Ron. Yes, we do. And let's start with SA Business Builders. Okay. I'd like to recommend the Business Builders Networking Group, who we're both a part of. Mm -hmm. We've just had, as you said before, a great event, and there's another one coming up in October. So Mm -hmm. if you're a business leader here in South Australia, please reach out to Brenton or myself on LinkedIn. And we'd like to talk to you about coming along. Yeah, great opportunities for networking and building authentic relationships with other business leaders. Another one of our sponsors is Borough Markets. If you're looking to grow your business online, that is what they do. They help people grow their businesses online and they have a great track record of helping SMEs in a very affordable way. So please check out their website, boroughmarkets.com.au and that is spelt B-O-R-O-U-G-H markets.com.au. And have a look at what they do, because they might just be what you need. There's also Adaptco, um, Mm -hmm. offering outsourced marketing solutions that give businesses high-end marketing power without the need to hire a chief marketing officer, which in itself is a difficult thing to do at the moment. One of the things that my uh, tech members are telling me about is how difficult it is to get the right people on board. Correct. So here's a way of not having to do that. And as we've talked about before, Ron, there's a lot of bad marketing out there, and sometimes it's not the fault of the marketers. Sometimes it's the fact that they just don't have the ability to make the change required for a business to be able to do what they need to do. So sometimes you need an extra set of hands and eyes and ears to come in with a different perspective to help. That's exactly right. And finally, yes, it's over to you. We've got Nucleus, who is literally our founding sponsor. And they are, of course, a marketing and design agency. So have a look at what they do at www.nucleus.com.au. There you go. So, what is an elevator pitch and what is not an elevator pitch? How about we start there? Okay, well, traditionally, an elevator pitch is a very short, you know, the idea was that in places like Hollywood where you had people trying to pitch ideas for a movie all the time, Mm. people would hang around in lobbies and wait for the managing director of the film company Mm. to go up to his office on the 13th floor or Mm. 20th floor so they would jump in the lift mm-hmm. and they'd have exactly you know, 20 floors, the length of that, that elevator ride, to pitch their idea. So hence the name elevator, elevator pitch. And the idea was you're selling a concept. And look, I have in my past, I've had uh, helped organizations and helped individuals develop elevator pitches on the basis of I want to sell you something. Yes. In effect, though, I don't think they work particularly well as, a, as a, a mechanism for opening a relationship. And nowadays, I think, especially business to business, it's all about relationships. Mm-hmm. And let's be fair, elevator pitches are usually in a business to business setting. Mm-hmm. Even if you're talking about what you do as a business to consumer organization, it's in relation to maybe suppliers, maybe alliance partners, yeah. but you're talking to another business. So elevator pitches, I think, need to have developed into how do I get someone interested in what I do, Mm. and just as importantly, why I do it. 
and that that's almost starting to get into our top tips. But that's what I think an elevator pitch is. It's an opening to get a conversation going about your organization. So it would be fair to say that elevator pitches have evolved. Well, I think they should evolve. I don't know if they have. Mm. Um, if you if you look at oh, go on the web and look at uh, suggestions for elevator pitches, it's all about you know getting your message across as quickly as possible with the intent of getting somebody to use your services. Rather than opening up a conversation. Rather than opening up a conversation, opening up a relationship or a dialogue. And we've talked in the past about the fact that actually being able to sell to someone means gaining trust. And trust doesn't happen in an elevator, but you might, and okay, we're using that elevator terminology, but to your point, like we'll go to different if groups around Adelaide, like networking groups, and there's one group in particular that teaches people how to do an elevator pitch. And it's all about selling your business. And while that is good training for people who need to get out and start networking, it doesn't, in my experience, 25 years of going out and talking to people, end up very many times in a situation where you're doing business with each other. It ends up in closed doors or annoying interactions with people where they just don't want to talk to you anymore because you're shoving something at them. And prompting that very powerful, I think I hear my mother calling type conversation. Correct, as you said earlier. (laughs) So then before we get into our tips then, what should an elevator pitch be in your view? Well, it gets to a little bit about what my tips are, but I think an elevator pitch should be a hook to opening a conversation. Yeah. And the best the best way to create that hook is to listen to what interests the other person. Mm. So it, you know, to my way of thinking, an elevator pitch should be contextual mm. and it should talk about as much about why you do what you do mm. as what you do what you do. So I'm going to jump straight into my first tip. Yeah, sure. Uh, which is talk about the why, not the what. If you want to see a great explanation of this, Get on to YouTube and look up Simon Sinek's talking about why. The golden circles. Yeah, the golden circles. Fantastic stuff. Mm. Um, I keep using that. I mean, it's back in 2009 he did that TED Talk, but it is still as relevant today as mm. the first day he came up with the idea. Mm. The book Start With Why is a, a more expanded version, but he's quite right. When If we want to get people interested, it's not what we do, it's why we do it. That so people. give me an example because people might not. You know, have had the time to read the book or so forth. Look, we would highly suggest it. Simon Sinek is not paying us for this recommendation, <laughs> but I'm sure he's enjoying the fact that we're talking about him. But give us an example of an elevator pitch where you're using a why. Okay, and, well, and uh, maybe uh, just before we go on, maybe elevator pitch isn't the right term. I don't know what the right term is yet. Maybe we'll come up with something, but for the time being, let's let's, let's use, use that. Okay. So a standard elevator pitch, let's say for what I do with mm. my, my tech groups would be, I work with groups of CEOs in a think tank situation mm. to help them become better leaders and develop better, better businesses. Yes. That's a, that's a great succinct elevator pitch. Yep. It says what I do, but it's kind of boring mm. and it's highly unlikely people are going to say, well, tell me more about that. And from my experience, unless they know you, it's going to be like, oh, there's so many people out there who say they do the same thing. How do I know that you're any different? Absolutely. I would start an elevator pitch with something like, well, I believe that great organizations come from great leaders. Yep. And to create a great organization, you have to develop a great leader. Mm. So I work with leaders who want to develop into becoming great leaders so that they can create great organizations because that is what is going to build our economy and create prosperity for everyone. And that creates then a conversation. So what do you mean by that? What examples can you give me? How do you do that? 
Exactly. Well, hopefully it does that. Now, interestingly, it also means that right away you're putting something of your own values out on the table, and not everyone is going to respond to that. Mm. Uh, I mean, if I started a conversation with, I don't believe in vaccines, and I help (laughs) people get out of having to have a vaccine, there'd be a lot of people who would not want to continue with that conversation. Correct. So it's a bit of a filter because you're going to only oh, get those people. That is a good point. You're only going to get those people who are interested in the type of things that you do and believe the type of things you believe. Mm-hmm. So, yes, you might get some rejections on the basis of that, but the ones who want to continue to have that conversation are going to be the type of people you really want to speak to anyway. Yeah, that's fantastic. Okay, and because we're into your tips, let's then go on with what's your second tip? I'm a great believer in. I don't talk about role playing. I talk about role practice. So mm. write out your elevator pitch mm. and practice it. Mm-hmm. So don't just say, oh, look, I've got to develop an elevator pitch for this networking event that I'm going to go to. Let me think about that on the day. And no, take some active time to write out your elevator pitch and make sure that you are well versed in different versions of it. Mm. So my, my second tip. Is, is also integral to this, is have different versions of your elevator pitch, short, medium, and long. And you know what I like about that is because when you know something really well, you can tell when someone goes into a spiel, right? Because one, they don't want to be stopped. So they'll be going, blah, 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 I got to get to the end of what I want to say. Yeah. And you can, you, it's almost like someone's hit pl- the play button, right? And you can see it unfolding in front of your eyes. And sometimes they get nervous. Sometimes they just verbal diarrhea kind of situation. But when you practice and practice and practice, it becomes natural, which means you can make it flowy and it doesn't, you can deviate and come back and so forth. But the more familiar you are with your elevator pitch, the more it can become an adaptable tool in a conversation. And I still don't like the term elevator pitch. I want to, I'm going to set myself a task of coming up with a different way of referring to this. Yeah. That's your marketer coming out of it. Yeah, it is. We need a different brand. Because every time I think (laughs) elevator pitch, because the word pitch is the thing that bothers me because we're not pitching something where we're really seeking in that comment you always make, you know, you just said filter. So we're trying to filter the correct conversations to build the right relationships with people that value us. It's, it's, it's way more than a pitch. Yeah, absolutely. I would say that the third one, because mm-hmm. we have to keep this moving along. Yep, 100%. I want to give you time for yours is be curious. Yep. Use the conversation as a way of finding out about what other people do as well. Because what you do and what you potentially could do to help other organizations will, or other leaders in organizations will depend on what that organization does. Yep. So listen. Be curious and find out what other people are doing as well. And if they're good, they'll have a a good elevator pitch or whatever we're going to call it from now on, and you'll get an idea of what what that organization, what value they provide as well. I could not agree more, and you stole my first tip, to be honest, because that was what I was going to talk about, but that's fine. I'm going to add to that. I so often try not to tell people what I do. I know that sounds counterproductive, but what I try to do is listen and find out what they do because I think in some senses they're way more interesting than I am or at least that's what I put in my in my head so I do what you do or what you just suggested and be curious and ask questions because the more I can find out about them what they do their business then the next thing that comes out of my mouth aka the elevator pitch or whatever we're gonna that's the working title right 
whatever comes out of my mouth is way more aligned to them. So you said earlier, write it out and practice. Well, what I would do is I would listen and, I, and I've, I've talked about this before, I think, is I'd listen for beat points. You know, that maybe they've got this challenge and it's filtering through in the conversation or maybe they work in in this industry or or whatever else. And that then enables me to, when I'm talking about myself and delivering that elevator pitch about what I do, actually being able to align it with the challenges that they have. Well, yes, I can see what you're talking about there because in my experience working with other clients, I've experienced this. And so therefore I think, you know, in regards to what I do, blah, blah, blah. And that then creates a conversation that moves and flows. Rule one in marketing is understand who your target audience is. Oh, that is huge. Yeah. So why wouldn't you do the same thing when you're talking to other people? Correct. Right. So Yeah, that's interesting. In that individual is the same as when you break marketing down and we're talking about, you know, mass marketing where we're trying to reach a wide audience, you need to find out about individuals within that group of people and what's important to them and then draw parallels as you go from individual to individual, finding out you know, what they think and, you know, what their needs are and what their challenges are and how we can solve them. And you start to find patterns, but it boils down into, again, talking to one person at a time. Absolutely. So okay. That's great. So tip number two. So tip number two is an elevator pitch is never finished. It should always be being developed. You should always be thinking about what am I doing? What am I saying? You know, you've said write out your three different elevator pitches, but it should become an organic thing that develops with you as you have conversations. So one thing you could do is, and this might sound a bit labor intensive, but it's a good thing is keep a diary. And at the end of each week, simply write down what your your best interactions were with someone or the comments that came out of the conversations. Because if we go back to a marketing 101 sense, the feedback comes from people who you talk to and you use your elevator pitch with And the way those conversations roll out, you can basically say, well, this conversation went really well. Here were the distinctives in that. And here's some of the things I said as the conversation, you know, emerged. Maybe I should include them in my elevator pitch. And the only way you can do that is by thinking about it and recording it. So keeping a, you know, just a couple of diary notes, maybe sit down on a Sunday night or whatever else before while you're getting ready for work and think, what were those interactions? And, you know, why were they good? Or if you're um, right on it after the conversation, just click your voice notes on your phone and just make a couple of notes about, you know, what that interaction was like. But I find that if you apply a marketing methodology to your own elevator pitch, and that is test it, get feedback. And feedback doesn't mean ask them, what did you think of my elevator pitch? Feedback means observation. Hmm. So observe how they respond. Observe when someone responds really well, think, what did I do differently? And then write it down or record it and then Use that to develop your elevator pitch over time. So the second point is keep developing it and find ways of measuring it and uh, developing it over time. And and the truth of the matter is that will start to become natural if you're using it more often anyway. So mm-hmm. it's a, a continuous improvement process. You find out what works by using it more often. Yeah. And my last one is I and this is talking to your what, right? So you were saying that you know talk about the why, but the what is important, but the what comes after. So. I've often had relevant case studies where I've worked with different clients in the past and I have them ready to pluck and pack. And there's a couple of important things with a case study, and that is what problem you solved, how you solved it, and what the result was. And so, for instance, if you're talking to someone and you're able to ask questions and able to spend a bit of time being curious and finding out 
what they do, where their challenges are, et cetera, et cetera. And we've talked about this before as well, but people love talking about themselves. So if you have a good conversation, that will open up. And that then enables you to go when you hear what the challenges are. Well, actually, I worked with a client in a similar industry, and this is the approach we took to that. So if you've And obviously, if you're just starting out and you don't have those case studies, that's a little bit difficult. But many people who have spent years working in a different business, et cetera, et cetera, will have worked with multiple clients and will have a vast array of knowledge. And sometimes you're just surprised that, you know, something that you might think is really simple that you've done with a client can actually really benefit and help somebody. And it's not telling the whole story. It's just giving away a little nugget. As I said, you know, so yeah, here's what I do. Here's the why of it. And listen, you were saying that, you know, you had a challenge over here. Well, when I worked with a certain client, this is how we solved that problem. And, you know, maybe this is a bit salesy, but it could be or it couldn't be. Have you ever thought of, you know, sometimes just making suggestions and seeing how those conversations play out? You know, have you ever thought of doing this? Have you ever tried that? Because we did that and that worked with someone else. And it's not from a sales perspective, but it's from a perspective of helping the other person from your experience, because that then again shows a little bit of generosity. But that so, doesn't come right at the start. That comes from listening and it's an adjunct to the pitch. Yeah, absolutely. So if I'm am I hearing you correctly, Brendan, you're saying be prepared to go beyond oh, yes. the elevator pitch. Be able to demonstrate, not just claim. Be a hundred percent. You must be able to demonstrate what you say. Because so many times when you go to these networking events where they teach you, you know, the one minute pitch and all these or whatever it is, or one minute networking and so forth. That's great when you're learning, but it just leaves a whole lot of space and you need to be able to demonstrate because that's the thing you said earlier, you know, okay, we if we work with leaders, et cetera, et cetera, we develop them and so forth. Well, why are you different to everyone else? Well, you've shared your why. And then if you can share some examples or give some advice, you're actually providing someone something of value. Absolutely. And really what we're talking about is being able to open a conversation, Mm. but being able to fill that conversation later on with something that's relevant to the person you're talking to. So yeah, so an elevator pitch, if we're going to use that as a working title, and I've got a bugbear now, that that just becomes the start of a conversation. And as we know, to go from, you know, a cold conversation to working with someone will generally take maybe eight to 16 interactions, sometimes a little bit less, but very often it takes that amount of time for people to suss you out, to understand that you can do what you say you can do, that your credentials check out, all the bits and pieces to get to the point where you're actually talking about working together. Rome wasn't built in a day and neither is trust. You heard it here first. Correct. (laughs) So look, if you're enjoying the podcast, as we've said multiple times, Please make a comment, suggest topics that you would be interested in. We would love to hear your feedback. And Ron spoke about in our last podcast, episode 11, just find that one piece of useful information from this podcast today that you can put into action. So listeners, I put out a challenge to you. Let us know what the one piece of most useful information in this podcast was to you. And let us know if you're going to put that into action or not, because I think it's good to take something from everything we're absorbing as far as development of ourselves and do something different because if we don't do something different nothing improves or changes does it absolutely right so let's also talk about our sponsors just a reminder nucleus at nucleus.com.au that's correct borough markets at boroughmarkets.com.au that's spelt b-o-r-o-u-g-h markets.com.au and adapco yes that's me if you want to reach out to adapco website is still coming because i'm developing my elevator pitch 
<laughs> no, I'm just kind of working out the nuts and bolts of how I present. So just reach out to me on LinkedIn. There's a lot of bad marketing out there. And if you want to get some straight answers and some advice, then I'm more than happy to just have a coffee with you and provide you some of that. So thanks for joining us. We hope you found this useful and see you next time, Brendan. Indeed. See you next time, Ron. And I am looking forward to it. And me too. Bye for now.